Hobbits at Heart. Yay! Welcome back, everybody. We are here today to continue talking about Return of the King, and today it's just going to be Lindsay and I. Yeah, it's kind of fun. I mean, I love having our guests, but I don't know. It's fun to just be the two of us, too. I know. I feel like it hasn't been just the two of us in a while, so it's kind of nice. It's like back at the beginning when we first started on this quest. (laughs) Oh, doesn't that feel like so long ago? It does. I think it was back in December. Was it really? Yeah, I think so. Oh man. So it's been a couple months now. Oh wow. This is so exciting. I know. Okay, everyone. I have big news to share. (laughs) It's very, (laughs) really exciting news only because I've mentioned this probably more often than not. Yeah. Uh, I finally made Lembus bread. And she delivered it to me wrapped in leaves and it looked exactly <laughs> like Lembus bread and you can see it on our Instagram hobbits at heart me opening it up and it was so amazing it exceeded all my expectations oh my gosh thanks Linz I so I surprised Lindsay and I dropped off a gift like she said with the Lembus bread wrapped in leaves and I told her do not open it until we record so we have it on footage, but we just got to eat it. And I think, I think it tastes pretty good. It is yeah. gluten-free and dairy-free for those of you asking. It has a very lovely honey flavor. Uh, it reminds me kind of of uh, the honey cakes that Bayorn gives to the party in The Hobbit. So it just took me back and that's exactly what I imagined that tasted like. So it was very delicious. I'm so excited. I just like decided to make it and actually turned out um, really good. And it was really easy to make. It really is like three ingredients, sugar, flour, and butter, butter, butter. (laughs) sugar, butter, flour. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, it is. Wow. So she's just making shortbread this whole time. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I just used gluten-free flour and dairy-free butter or fake butter and, um, honey, since it mentions, mentions that in the book, apparently, and it totally worked out. We also got our very first like sample of a sticker with our logo on it, which is super exciting. Oh, I was going to say, it's just our logo, you know, where it says hobbits at heart with our little hobbit door and the flowers that Kelsey designed. It's so cute. I love it. I, this is just the first version of it. We were just talking about how we might want it in a circle instead. I think it's more aesthetically pleasing. So we just got a little fun, like gift opening party. So that was good. Yeah. It was a good start to recording and getting in the mood for the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess we should go ahead and dive into the movie. When we were last chatting with Kirsten, uh, we left off at Minas Morgul with Frodo and Sam making their way up to uh, Shelob's lair. They haven't quite made it yet. Shelob. I'm sorry. Every time you say it, I get a little freaky because I'm well, not freaky. I don't know why it chose me. <laughs> I get freaked out. I don't like spiders. So yeah, uh, same. 
Oh gosh. That's okay. not, that's, that's going to be uh, interesting to talk about because I hate, I'm like definitely a, an, an arachnophobe. I hate Are you spiders. Really? Oh yeah, for oh. sure. Like just mentioning a spider. I have this irrational fear that I have a spider on my back or on my head. Oh, no. <laughs> and I literally have to touch my back and be like, okay, there's no spider. There's no spider. Lindsay, there is no spider. <sighs> deep breaths, deep breaths. I, um, oh man, I'm sorry. I don't think I'm not arachnophobic, but I don't like spiders. You know, I would rather there not be a spider than there be a spider. So yeah, I had a whole (laughs) issue when I was a kid where I couldn't sleep because I was convinced there were spiders in my bed and I like, I could not sleep and I'd have to search my bed like every five minutes it was this whole oh, thing. Lindsay. Yeah, oh, I, don't, I don't know where it comes from, but that's the thing with fear. phobias. You never know. Yeah. I just learned that one of my biggest fears is actually a phobia. And I did not know that other oh, people had this fear. It's called amidophobia, which is the fear of throwing up. <gasps> I'm the same way, Kelsey. Lindsay, it's a real phobia. I've actually never said that out loud. <laughs> I didn't know that but I hate throwing I can't up. talk about like, it I'm so sorry I like literally it's okay, almost okay. we won't talk it's about the it. root of almost all of my anxiety and wow. I, yeah but that's gonna get into like a therapy session which we're not here for but um <laughs> phobias they're real and they they feel irrational but it's a real fear like it's okay yeah so mm-hmm. you're not irrational it's okay to check thank your you. bed for spiders thank you I probably will before I go to bed tonight. (laughs) Yes, that's okay. That's okay. So uh, we left off where we're going to, you know, pick it up again for Return of the King, not with Shelob's Lair. We're not there yet. Uh, We are actually at the part where Pippin lights the beacons. Mm -hmm. So Gandalf tells Pippin that he has a task for him. And I'm just so proud of my boy Pippin being a hero like we knew he would (laughs) yeah well I love this part because you're like oh yeah Pippin's doing it he's climbing the thing he's gonna light the beacon and then he slips and it's like flashbacks to when they're in the mines of Moria and you're like "Ah, don't yeah don't fall those guys are right there they're gonna see you um so it just kind of like makes your heart skip a beat and then he pulls it off because of course he does he's pippin of course i know and that's really high too also thinking about how short he is makes it seem even higher (laughs) oh i didn't even think about like he's small so how big or small is everything in comparison to the guys who are actually standing there like it's probably a lot easier for them to light it yeah um also it's like their job so they probably know how to do it a little better exactly (laughs) Uh, but good old Pip, you know, he gets the job done when he needs to, which is great. And intercut with this scene when he's lighting the beacon is uh, the orc attack on Osgiliath, uh, where we see Faramir and his men. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they're all creepy in the boats and they're like, quiet. Yeah. And then it they is. start rowing faster. Mm-hmm. And, and it, then- that scene is really freaky. Yeah, it really is. And it kind of like takes you off guard, like, oh, shit's about to go down. Oh, this mm-hmm. is this is scary. And it's all so dark. I mean, obviously, 
because the orcs are usually like fighting in the dark, but it just adds like a whole nother layer of creepiness to it. Yeah. I love it. And, you know, Faramir and the men, you know, weren't expecting them, but then once they see that they're coming, you know, they're all running and getting ready for battle and Mm -hmm. waiting for the right moment. I never understood why they let so many orcs run into (laughs) Osgiliath. Literally before they fight. (laughs) So here's my here's my thought process while watching this, okay? So I'm watching and they're hiding like I want to act it out, but I'm not going to because I have to talk into the microphone. Um, they're like hiding behind the pillars and they're letting the orcs go past them, right? Right. My thought was like, oh, just let all the orcs go past you and then run out the pathway that they (laughs) take their boats and and go. Make a run for it. (laughs) Yeah. Or attack them from behind. So now Mm -hmm. they're stuck inside and you have the ground on the outside blocking their escape. Right? That makes sense to me. But instead, instead, they decide to let half of them through and then jump out there and fight. So what are they doing? They're stuck in the middle now of all of these orcs which was just so unnecessary. Like, come on. I know I, that never has made sense to me. No. Like, why don't you jump out and start fighting the first guy who runs? Why do you let yeah. so many of them run into the city? It just, it doesn't, make it doesn't sense. make sense. Cause I know they were surprised at first, but then they're like, Oh, they're coming from over there. Let's go greet them. And mm-hmm. then they go down there and wait. So it's, I mean, maybe call it like weak leadership from Denethor and like, et cetera above, mm-hmm. but I don't yeah. know. I don't uh, know. We, I mean, we're not uh, soldiers from a fantasy I mean, realm. Yeah. So maybe they could we have don't understand. I don't know. <laughs> I'll probably never un- understand how they felt in that moment. Yeah. But I did think I wrote, I mean, Faramir can fight. I don't remember why I wrote that. I just, I was impressed by his fighting skills. You know. Yeah. Honestly, it's been a few weeks since we watched this and took notes on this to be completely honest. So I don't remember it either, but um, he can fight. We've seen it. We know it. We've we, seen it. We happen. believe in Faramir. <laughs> um, in total contrast from Osgiliath being invaded, we go back and see the rest of the beacons being lit, which again is just so freaking beautiful. Like the scenery in New Zealand and where they're putting all these beacons is just gorgeous. I could watch it on a loop for like hours. Just put it on the TV in the background. Who needs the fake fireplace? Just put on the beacons being lit instead. It's gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I feel like that scene is so epic too with the music. And mm-hmm. you know, when you're seeing each beacon being lit and then like you're looking for the next beacon and then it lights up. I don't know. I just love yeah. that scene so much. Yeah, me too. And so I was thinking like, wow, these guys just stay up there and wait for the beacon um but i was on tiktok the other day like i saw this video today oh my god <laughs> okay so do you want to no, no no you you go for it <laughs> okay so we've mentioned this tiktoker before he is the like obscure lord of the rings tiktok guy that's kind of what he marshall. calls himself yes yeah. don marshall someone asked about the guys who light the beacons or girls but i'm pretty sure it's guys in this realm mm-hmm. um And he said that the beacons are all near towns. So the people that light the beacon, they don't, they're not like deserted up there, you know, forever just waiting to light it. They like live in the town and they'll go check it when they need to check it um, and then light it if they see it lit or not. So it's not that like everyone was waiting there and lit it at the same time. It could have taken more time 
than what we saw <laughs> as we've learned in these movies sometimes time is not represented accurately yeah which they do show that i mean they show some of the beacons being lit at night like it starts in the day and then you see some being lit at night and then it's day again so one can assume it's taken at least a full day yeah i have a random question sorry Mm -hmm. off of that i never thought about this before the map of middle earth yeah is it all in the same time zone do they have different time zones I mean, it's not that big looking behind me at my Middle Earth map above my bed. Uh, it's, I think, well, also Tolkien wrote Lord of the Rings as meant to be like a mythology for the UK. So oh. one can assume all of this takes place like in the same country, okay, so to speak, Okay, by okay. modern standards. So probably not, probably same time zones. Okay. Because, Okay. I've just said okay like eight times but it's because my brain is going what about this what about this what about this and I'm telling myself Kelsey just shut up and google it later (laughs) I literally now have like eight more questions for you (laughs) well because the distance too from and I know this because I have that like walk mileage logging app that you told me about oh my gosh yes <laughs> where you can log how many miles you like run or walk or hike or whatever uh-huh. and it tells you how close you are to <laughs> making it to Mordor <laughs> like how far along you are on the journey yeah I think I've walked like seven miles out of the 1975 miles or something <laughs> like that <laughs> But it also gives you milestones. So I'm 19 miles away from the encounter with the Black Rider on the path to um, the ferry. Oh, wait, this is so cool. Yeah, I love it. So then Aragorn is just sitting there smoking his pipe. Doing his Aragorn thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, doing his, you know, hot Aragorn thing. Oh my gosh. You know, like the TikToks that's like, I'm doing hot girl shit or whatever. It could be, <laughs> yeah. I'm doing Aragorn shit. No, I don't like that. <laughs> I'm doing, doing hot, hot guy Aragorn. shit. I don't know. I guess. But Aragorn is more than just a hot guy. <laughs> yeah, he is. I really, I don't want to objectify him, everyone. I know we talk about him a lot on here, but it's not, it's not really just his looks that I, no. that we talk about and love about him. It's just who he is. So mm-hmm. He's disclaimer just a there. guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I did write, (laughs) look at Aragorn run. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I wrote, yes, sprint up those stairs. (laughs) So basically he sees that the beacons are lit. And so he has to go tell, um, Theoden because now he's going to be like, now are you going to help everyone? I love how he bursts into the door and he goes, Gondor calls for aid. And there's that really <laughs> long, dramatic pause where you're like, what's Theoden going to say? Mm-hmm. And, then and then he, he says, and Rohan will answer. Yes. Yes. And then you're like, okay, okay, Theoden. Okay, I see what you did there. He's finally coming around. Finally. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, don't hold your breath for it to last forever, but... <laughs> he he made one good choice so far yeah so let's just roll with it so then we see eowyn has a sword in her belongings that she's gonna bring with her so she's got a plan and i i'm excited i was like girl she's got a plan hell yeah Mm-hmm. yeah you know that eowyn is sick of sitting on the sidelines and she's mm-hmm. like 
I'm going to take my life into my own hands. And we don't know what that is yet, but we can surmise she's going into battle. Yeah. And I'm, I'm ready for that part of the story to like accelerate. Come on. There was another note that I had uh, actually not related to Eowyn, but there's the line where Gimli said, I wish I could summon an army of dwarves. And Legolas says, I fear war is already on their lands. And I noticed this because, again, our favorite person on TikTok, (laughs) that's your Lord of the Rings facts guy, had done a series of videos where he talks about how there are actually other battles happening at the same time all across Middle-earth. So um, there's a battle between the Easterlings and the dwarves, the Lonely Mountain. And there's also a battle happening in Mirkwood, where Legolas is from. Um, so there's just war happening everywhere in Middle Earth. And I think that's really interesting to know that it's not just the Battle of Pelennor Fields. It's like all out war across the whole world, <laughs> the, all of Middle yeah. Earth. Um, and I kind of wish that you got to see that more, but I guess maybe that would detract from the main story. Yeah, that, that'd be really hard to portray without like adding a whole nother hour onto these movies, you know? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, I guess it, probably a good choice that they just focused in on our main characters, but I thought mm-hmm. that was interesting to know. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that at least Legolas has that line. Like they're not mm-hmm. pretending that there aren't other wars being fought or other battles being fought for this war. So I'm glad that he at least says something. Then uh, also in this part, I believe at this time is when Mary offers um, his service to Theoden. So I think it's interesting to see that he does the same thing that Pippin does over mm-hmm. in Minas Tirith. And, you know, he offers his sword to Theoden and becomes the Esquire of Rohan. So now both of our little hobbits are, are just serving their kings. Well, Denethor is not a king, but, you know. Steward, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to be in uh Pippin shoes serving him but that's okay yeah because it all works out in the end yeah and they're just being so brave (laughs) they really are they're like they really are so brave in all of these movies so I mean everyone is but especially Mary and Pippin and I love that yeah it was sweet I so I follow Dominic Monaghan on Instagram and he does um like question he asked has people ask him questions like almost every day and someone asked him what's your favorite thing about mary and he said that he's willing to die for his friends which i just thought was sweet (laughs) i know know. it's really sweet oh my gosh (laughs) so after this we go back to see the fall of osgiliath so faramir tells his men to break cover and fall back to minas tirith so um, basically like the orcs are taking over and we are failing right now. Um, and then the orcs say, the age of men is over. The time of the orc has come. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. And I like how like creepy these orcs are. I always think of that main captain orc as kind of like a brain orc. I don't know. Like he's all like modeled and mm-hmm. gross looking. And in the behind the scenes, uh, Peter Jackson said he wanted these orcs because these are the orcs from Mordor. So he wanted them to look extra twisted and grotesque. They really do. Yeah. They all have like skulls on their heads and weird earrings all over their faces and extra like, I don't know. They're just extra gross. <laughs> yeah. No, it just looks like they've like seen some shit, you know, they've been through a lot and I'm sure they have. I mean, serving Sauron and Mordor, you know, can't be a walk in the park. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's true. That is true. 
So also in this part, when Faramir and company ride across the Minister Pelennor <laughs> Fields to uh-huh. Minas Tirith is when Gandalf comes out and saves them with the bright light because the Nazgul are sweeping, swooping down and uh, trying to, well, kill them as they flee. Right. And Gandalf saves them. This scene I can only picture of like, expecto patronum. And then oh, it's yeah. like his patronus is just him on shadow facts going out there and going like boo, boo, to the little, not little, the big dementors, which are the Nazgul in this scene. So oh, yeah, kind of, you know, light against dark. It has the similar themes, but it's different. I know. <laughs> No, but I like the I like the Harry Potter comparison, especially Thank since you. Harry Potter is what you knew first. Yeah, there's a lot of com- I mean, there's a lot of similarities between the two. They're both fantasy. What's the word I'm looking for? Not like magical, but kinda. Yeah, totally. whimsical fantasy mm-hmm. stories, good against evil. Yeah. Um. So after this, when Faramir comes back, Denethor is like super pissed that he doesn't he didn't bring the ring. Like he's just super upset. Mm-hmm. And this is when we're starting to see more and more of Denethor, how he treats Faramir. And he's just so pissed. Like he's super jealous. Faramir spending more time with Gandalf. And um, he's just, he's delirious. I just poor Faramir. I, just... I know. And the moment when, you know, Denethor is talking to Faramir and he thinks he sees Boromir over Faramir's shoulder. Yeah, And Faramir has this hope in his eyes because Denethor is looking at him with like all of this love. And then he realizes, oh, he's not seeing me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man. And honestly, the acting in that scene is like top notch too from both of them. It really is like, oh, oh my God, I'm getting chills just thinking about it, honestly, because it's just one of those moments where you feel so bad for Faramir, but at the same time, like you just hate Denethor. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And this is where you can see <laughs> where those daddy issues come from because Denethor just, ugh, man, he's really just not a good guy. <laughs> no, he's just terrible. There are zero redeeming qualities about him, which makes the rest of the movie even better. <laughs> mm-hmm. Worse and better, which we'll get to. So after we kind of see this whole exchange between Faramir and Denethor, we get to see a little bit of an exchange between Pippin and Faramir because Pippin is now kind of second guessing his service or what he committed to because he realizes just like how shitty Denethor is. Yeah. And he's putting on, you know, the armor of the guard and we get to find out that that's Faramir's old armor, which is Mm -hmm. sweet. And I love in the book, the relationship between Pippin and Faramir is really sweet. They actually become good friends. Faramir shows Pippin all around Minas Tirith. Um, And I, so I, at this point, when I was a kid, had read Return of the King before seeing the movie. So when I saw the movie, I was like, where's the Pippin and Faramir friendship? Hello. (laughs) That was like the one thing that I was a little bit bummed about. I know they didn't have time to put it in, but um, I just love their friendship in the book. It's really sweet. Yeah. I didn't even know that that existed, like that depth of Mm -hmm. their relationship. But I will say like this scene does do a good job of illustrating like how much they kind of care about each other. Like just the simple line of where Pippin says like, oh, well, it doesn't quite fit me. Like it's too short on my ankles or whatever he says. And Faramir's like, man, it never fit me either. Like he's just trying to relate to him. And I just think that's such a sweet 
like thing. Like, oh, you're not alone. It didn't fit me either. Like we're one in the same, which I just yeah. loved. Mm-hmm. Bonding over some clothes, which, you know, it was cute. Um, then we see Pippin back in the room with Denethor. And I don't know why this was like so funny to me, but he kisses Denethor's ring. And I wrote such a teeny tiny little kiss on his ring. <laughs> it's literally like he puts out his hand and he just goes, <laughs> so cute i feel like pippin is like i really do not want to kiss this ring like i don't want to <laughs> swear fealty to this horrible person but now i have to yeah <laughs> it, i don't know i just like <laughs> it just it was funny to me i think it's cute um but cute. i mean i agree i agree and in this scene, Denethor actually admits that he wishes Faramir had died instead of Boromir, which mm-hmm. I don't think we're surprised that he feels that way, but surprised that he admits it so blatantly in front of Faramir and Faramir still, still decides to go back to Osgiliath and try and take it back just mm-hmm. so that he can redeem his dad. Like in this moment, I want to shake Faramir and say like, don't you see how stupid your father is? Do not do this. Don't do yeah. it just to prove to him something. Ugh, I know. I wrote this is why we don't have favorites, everyone. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> because we clearly see that, you know, like it's such an unhealthy relationship, but Faramir still, still feels the need to get approval from his father. Mm-hmm. It's just so sad. I know. It really is. And he almost dies because of it. Yeah. He needs to check himself. Uh-huh. Or he wrecks himself. Freaking okay. Denethor. <laughs> now intertwined with these scenes we've also been seeing um frodo and sam and smeagol back on the stairs of sirith ungol which i only know that because i have it written down in front of me um so i thought it was kind of funny is that there are literally still orcs exiting minas morgul which means there are so many of them Mm -hmm. we haven't seen them in a long time and like in many many scenes and they're still coming from Mordor so it's like there's just so many of them yeah it's like if you thought Helm's Deep was bad with mm-hmm. 10,000 orcs or Urukai, <laughs> you ain't seen nothing yet kid <laughs> yeah there's a lot of them they're coming your way yeah um, but we also see for the first time in a while like Smeagol sees the ring around Frodo's neck when he's trying to help him up the staircase and uh it like has a very strong effect on him Mm-hmm. He, he sees, and it's also at this point, you know, Gollum has this plan to like get the ring from Frodo. So he's so close to executing it. And I, I imagine in that scene, he's like, it's so close. I could just reach out and grab it, but it's not time yet. Yeah. Especially on like a steep, steep staircase. He could just take the ring and push them off and like, mm-hmm. they'll be dead. And Smeagol could go run into wherever he wants to. <laughs> and it's kind of surprising that he doesn't. I mean, you would think that that almost might've been easier than luring them into Shelob's lair, but yeah, but Sam speaks up and is like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's kind of sad that he's in the back, like trying to climb over this thing by himself and Smeagol's only helping Frodo. Yeah. But, you know, movie making, there wouldn't be the rest of the story if that happened right there. So yeah. Plus I think Gollum said he didn't want to kill them himself. He wanted to be his hands to be clean so to speak that's (laughs) true that's true he'll just let shelob do it all so yeah and then we have the scene where uh sam and frodo are sleeping which they are sleeping 
so close to the edge. I know. <laughs> Literally another reason I'm like, uh, Smeagol, you could have just pushed them off the edge. They're right there. <laughs> I know. Like, I'm pretty sure like one of their feet is like practically dangling over. The edge. Oh God. It makes me so nervous. Same. And then, uh, but you know, Smeagol doesn't or Gollum doesn't, uh, you know, he's still sticking to his plan and mm-hmm. he, um, sprinkles some Lembus bread on Sam's jackets or his cloak and throws the rest down <laughs> to execute his plan. And after that, Sam literally like beats the shit out of Gollum because Sam tries to, or Gollum tries to frame Sam and Frodo's like, Sam, what the heck? Gollum doesn't even eat food, this food. So why would he have eaten it? You know? Mm-hmm. And Smeagol's like, hey, that's right. That's a good point you made there. That's yeah. true. Um, Sam beats the shit out of him. And then, okay. We didn't, I don't remember if we mentioned this earlier, but Smeagol was like brainwashing Frodo, basically saying, just wait, Sam's going to try and take the ring from you. Mm-hmm. And as the viewer, we know that's not going to happen. But then Sam is like, I could carry it for a while. It looks like it's taking an awful load. Like it's taking a toll on you. Yeah. And this is the moment that Frodo just turns on him. He turns on Sam. This is like the moment when we say how much of a bitch is Frodo being like, this is like 10 out of 10. (laughs) Yeah. This is where he just goes ding, 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 ding. Yeah. All the way up. (laughs) Absolutely. Like, how can you turn on your Sam? I mean, obviously we know it's the power of the ring Mm -hmm. that's corrupting him. You know, he doesn't want to give it up. So even just someone, and he has Gollum speaking in his ear. So these two evil forces combined, the minute Sam offers, you know, he just gets really protective and is like, Mm -hmm. no. So you got to have a little bit of empathy for what Frodo's going through, but still Frodo, like, damn it. (laughs) I know it's, he's just like, he's obviously way far gone, like mentally. Mm -hmm. So it's hard you're not going to be able to reason with him, but it's also like Frodo's not really aware of what he's doing yeah. at this point. Like actual Frodo isn't really making any decisions for himself. So mm-hmm. it's all the ring and Gollum. So it's just sad for Sam. He, he doesn't have a chance <laughs> against, yeah. you know, the forces that are convincing Frodo. So, and I just think the acting in this scene between both Elijah Wood and Sean Astin is so good Mm -hmm. and every time i see this scene it's another one of those behind the scenes facts i can't unsee Mm -hmm. is that they filmed this scene a year apart from each other so they yeah while they were in the middle or at the very beginning stages of filming the fellowship of the ring they had some outdoor shoots that they needed to do okay and it started raining so they couldn't do their scenes that they had to film So they were like, okay, well, what can we do that's inside? We're just going to build this set really quickly. And we're going to film this, this really emotional scene (laughs) between Frodo and Sam and Elijah and Sean were like, what, you know, we've only been on this shoot for like a few weeks or a couple months. Like we're not ready to do this scene yet. And Uh Peter Jackson was just like, yeah, you guys will get there. You'll do it. It's fine. And so they filmed, I don't know who's uh, close-ups they filmed first, but let's just say it was Elijah Woods close-ups first. And they were planning on coming back the next day and continuing. Uh, but then the sun came out. And so they were like, well, let's just continue on with our schedule as planned. And they never came back to that scene until a year later. And then they had to film Sean Astin's close-ups. 
Isn't that crazy? Whoa. Can you imagine like just jumping back and forth into these like emotionally taxing scenes? Mm-hmm. That is so difficult to do. Yeah, I know. Wow. And then, and imagine like, it's so such a different point in like the filming process, you know, they're brand mm-hmm. new. They're still figuring out their characters. They're still figuring out their relationship. And then a year later when they're like near the end of wrapping. Mm-hmm. And oh, well, yeah. I kind of like then that, well, I don't know if this was right. If you said you just guessed, but if Frodo went first or if Sam went first, but in my head, I like the idea that Frodo went first because he's not really being his true self in this scene. Like he's obviously like brainwashed, but then mm-hmm. for Sam to do those lines like a year later, just like it hurts that much more because I know he means it that much more. Mm-hmm. Now, Kelsey, yes. I do have one more thing to say about this scene, but it's a big book spoiler. <gasps> oh no, we're here already. We're here oh, no. at one of the spoilers that I warned you about. And I just don't know if you want it to be spoiled um, or not. Um... I don't think I do. Okay. I don't mind little spoilers here and there that I'm going to forget or spoilers about characters. Like I don't care about, like, I know that Saruman dies differently in the book, you know, like, I don't care, whatever. But if it has to do with Sam and Frodo, I don't think I want it spoiled. (laughs) Okay. Well, for those of you who have read the book, you know what actually happens. And if you haven't (gasps) read the book, then read the book. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Oh Hang gosh. out with us until we get there. <laughs> that just like shook me. I don't know why. For those of you that read it, you know what happens. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> like what happens? <laughs> I'm probably making it way more dramatic than it actually is. It's not that big of a deal. Really. No, it's okay. I honestly, thank you for warning me and giving me a choice because I, Lindsay, I hate spoilers. <laughs> I'm the same way. I hate spoilers and like like I said if it's something small or like I know we've talked about the hobbit quite a bit there's Mm -hmm. these little details that sure would have been nice to read on my own for the very first time yeah but like it's not going to change my opinion of the book or it's not gonna it's not giving away plot but when plot is spoiled (laughs) I get so frustrated because I want to experience it the first time like how I experience it so yeah All right. Well then forget I ever said anything. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Moving on. I don't want to spoil anything. Okay. So next up, this is when Faramir is actually leaving. um, And we're all like, he's going to get himself killed, you know, but before he leaves, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I want to bring this up. There are these two little kids in this scene, cute ass little kids and weren't these kids also in the Shire, in the Fellowship, and also in uh, Two Towers? Yes, you are right. That is one of my favorite little nuggets. Uh, those are Peter Jackson's kids. Oh and my gosh. Yeah. But they're also playing different characters, technically. Yeah. in the Fellowship, they're hobbits. and this, obviously, they're not hobbits. Yeah. I know. I think he just wanted to have his kids in there. And so he just just put them in where he could, which I think is so cute. I'm trying to remember in Two Towers, were they at Helm's Deep, like in the caves? Yeah, they were in the caves. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, look at me remembering stuff. Oh, no. Like a true fan. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You'd be so proud of me today. My roommate, Neil, was like, what is the sword called? And I was like, the sword that Elrond brings to Aragorn? He's like, yeah. And I was like, 
oh, Narsil? And he was like, oh, yeah. And I was like, look at me. I know my look stuff. Look at you go. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for giving me that information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The next scene is the infamous, the, <laughs> the tomato scene. Oh God. The tomato scene. Now we had a request to talk about the tomato scene by our friend, Nathan. So, I mean, how could we not talk about it? I know we're going to talk about it. I mean, (laughs) I don't know why this scene is just so visceral and like disgusting the way Denethor eats his food and the cherry tomato, (laughs) like he bites it and it spurts out all over his chin. Yeah, it's (laughs) disgusting. Like, why does he have to be eating it so, like, grossly? I don't know what the word is I'm thinking of. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, and it's not just the tomato. Like, the tomato is gross, but everything he's eating is disgusting. Like, (laughs) it looks like he's bleeding because of whatever he eats like yeah almost like a berry or something yeah and then he's just eating like this meat like holding it in his hand and just like biting it off the bone or whatever i wonder if like this is the only time we're seeing him eat okay so bear with me does he eat like this at every meal (laughs) (laughs) or (laughs) or is it just like this could be my last meal because we're going into battle even though i'm not gonna go into battle I'm just yeah. going to stay up here. Or maybe because he's like so angry about Faramir and the ring and all of that. Yeah. I don't know. But I just wrote like, dude, you're a steward of Gondor. Like get some manners, you know? <laughs> I mean, obviously he doesn't care about that kind of stuff, which That's is a true. shame. But yeah. while he's eating, he asked Pippin to sing, which I think is like kind of uh, demeaning in this moment. Um, because he's like asking him to just entertain him, which is uh, Pippin obviously is like, I'm here to like serve you and the greater good not to just like sing to you yeah but um he does a lovely job singing i know i love that song and of course i have more behind the scenes facts for you all because (gasps) i love this stuff i bring it on it's my favorite um but i just love this story that pippin originally wasn't gonna sing during the scene oh and uh philip aboyans who was one of the writers went out to karaoke with the cast and heard Billy singing and was like, oh my gosh, he has this beautiful voice. We need to have him sing. And so she picked some lyrics. These lyrics are, I think, from a different part. There's a lot of songs in the books, by the way. So these are, Mm -hmm. this is one of the songs in the books. I don't think it's particularly in this scene. Okay. And they asked uh, Billy Boyd if he would write the music, like if he would write a little melody to it. He wrote it? Yeah, he only had one or two days to do it. They were filming the scene like within the next day or so. So it just so happened to be perfect timing. And we have this gorgeous, beautiful scene intercut between Pippin singing, Denethor's nasty eating, and Faramir riding out, and everyone getting killed by the orcs. And I just love this scene so much it's so good. it's so gorgeous the way they weave it all together like I actually forgot honestly until you said that again but now I'm remembering that his singing is like in the background of all of those scenes oh it's just mm-hmm. like so chilling and they do such a good job of like comparing all these stories oh it's so good oh my gosh I know. beautiful storytelling I think it's it's one of my, I mean, ugh, I could say this about so many scenes. <laughs> I think you've said this in every episode so far. I know what you're going to say and you haven't even said one it One of my yet. favorite scenes. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I can't pick a favorite. Okay, if it has Sam or Pippin in it, then you've said it about that scene. <laughs> that is fair. I just, I love Pippin and Sam. They're like my favorites. And I know. Uh, it's so good. And I wonder if that's, because I was wondering why they had that stylistic choice to have Denethor eat like that. And I wonder if they, they just wanted to add to how chilling and haunting mm-hmm. the scene is you know? Oh yeah. I would love to be like a fly on the wall during that filming and to see what the direction was or like in the script, what it described it as. Cause I, I'm also curious, like maybe this is just because I've been listening to a lot of office ladies. Cause they talk about the script and what was improv and what was scripted, but I wonder how much free reign they had in certain scenes. Like if the director that was directing that specific scene, like told them like, we'll try something or no, do it exactly this way because it's like Tolkien, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I just think like maybe they got to that point after like trying a few different ways. I'm just so curious about it. I wonder if they say it in the commentary because I haven't watched the commentaries in a couple of years. Mm -hmm. So I'd be curious to go back and watch the commentaries, all three, because there's three of them and I've seen all three, but I do not remember any of that information. (laughs) (laughs) And I want to say really quick about the commentaries. I didn't realize, first, I didn't realize there was commentary version, which I think is so great. I didn't realize that there's different versions of the commentary with like directors, cast, and even like, um, I think the producers. Yeah. Designers and producers or, oh, is it designers? Okay. I know the word designer was in there, so maybe they're together, but I mean, Everyone really knows that I always like bringing up the props and the sets and makeup and stuff, but I think that'd be so cool to listen to the designer's point of view for these movies. I really want to do it now. Yeah, totally. I I wonder if it's Richard Taylor. I... (laughs) <laughs> I watch the behind the scenes so much. I like fangirl. <laughs> oh my god! I love Richard Taylor. Like he has so much. Who's Richard Taylor? He was like the head of design. Um, or one of the heads of design who okay. helps like oversee basically the creating of like all of the world through Weta. I love it. I just love all the backstage stuff. I love all the design stuff. It's so interesting to me. So yeah, I'm like fangirling right here. Like, oh my God. <laughs> I know. That's why when I go to New Zealand, I don't know if you can book a tour of the workshop. I think at least I'm pretty sure you used to be able to, or someone I know has done this. So, oh my God. Like, I want to go to Hobbiton. Look at you, Lindsay. And I want to go (laughs) to all of the, like, locations. But I really want to go (laughs) to what a workshop so badly. (laughs) I think that you should, and you will one day. (sighs) One day. You know what, Lindsay? I have a... So, this is kind of a tangent, but I think we should just talk about it because why not? Mm -hmm. Um. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god I almost just started singing Hillary Duff is it Hillary Duff <laughs> why not why not take, take a crazy chance <laughs> I'm so sorry okay so the reason I am so interested in all of the like makeup and backstage things and set designing things is because I'm going to be going to school for special effect makeup design um which I really haven't told that many people at all so here we are (laughs) if you listen to this I was waiting for this to come up actually I was like when is Kelsey gonna talk about (laughs) yeah I mean we can talk about this too like later or on Instagram or something but I was accepted last summer and I haven't been able to go yet because of COVID so I will hopefully be able to go this summer 
but I just really want to work in special effects makeup. It's what I did in college, kind of in my theater degree. So when I see movies like this, it just like reignites the spark of my passion and like urge to go do it. And so I just, it just makes me so much more excited to like go be on a movie set or just to be able to tell these stories in these types of ways. So when I see movies with practical effects, like this one specifically, it just is so interesting to me. So Lindsay, I'll just have to go and work on a movie set in New Zealand and you can come with me and then we can go to Weta Workshop. Oh my God, yes. That would be amazing. <laughs> I would be there <laughs> the whole time. They're like, who is this girl? You're like, uh, oh, I don't she's know. She's my emotional support human. Thank you. <laughs> And I don't mean to say that to make fun of anyone that needs a support companion. I honestly would just have Lindsay there with me because I would need her. <laughs> and I would happily, happily go. That would be a dream come true. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, I know that was a tangent, but we haven't talked about that yet. So I kind of wanted to share. No, I love it. And I love that you're watching Lord of the Rings now so that when you are able to go back to school, you know, you'll have all of this extra excitement and inspiration. Mm -hmm. I just think it's so great. And I can't wait to see what you do. It's going to be so fun. Thanks. Me too. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. That's a whole nother topic for a whole nother time. Um, I will say though, because my mind is always looking at special effects and makeup and stuff, we see the orcs kind of like at Osgiliath, like waiting for Faramir to return. Do you remember this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So when we see them there, they're all kind of like bloodied up. You could tell that they've They've had a fighting, like a beating kind of when they were fighting previously, but all of them that have cuts and scratches, all of their blood is red on their faces and stuff, but we know that they have black blood, right? Oh, yeah. At first I thought, okay, maybe they're just covered in other people's blood, mm -hmm. but some of them have like cuts in their eyebrow and it's like bruised and it's red. It is red. Huh. I just thought that was interesting because even later we do see black blood on Pippin's sword when he stabs the um, orc, which I know that's like, you know, later on, but mm -hmm. just proves my point a little bit. So that's interesting. I, I don't think I ever noticed that or thought about that. So I guess I wonder if they tried the black and it didn't look good or who knows maybe what that I don't know was. or maybe it's like when their blood dries it turns red like they could literally say anything just to make it make sense yeah um, but these were specifically the orcs that you were talking about earlier that were like a little extra gross mm -hmm. um but yeah I just thought that was interesting so if you're ever watching this look at that and tell me what you think yeah oh my gosh Lindsay we have talked about so much today. What a fun little chat. It honestly doesn't feel like that much time has passed at all. <laughs> I know. This has been really so fun. I mean, I always love getting to talk to you and I love talking about Lord of the Rings and I just love doing this. Like, yeah, <laughs> it makes me so happy. I feel so like giddy during and afterwards. I don't know. <laughs> no, I think it makes sense. I feel the same way because not only are we discussing uh, something that we both really enjoy. We're discussing it for the first time. Like I know that we told everyone we talk like every single day, but we don't talk about Lord of the Rings every single day. Like when we talk about these scenes, you're hearing it for the first time. So it's really fun for us because we're sharing it with each other, but we're also sharing it with other people. So yeah, it's just exciting. It is fun. 
Well, I guess we should probably wrap it up here because yeah. uh, otherwise knowing us will go on five more tangents and this episode could end up being really, really long. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe we'll stop here, but thank you all so much for following along on this journey with us. Uh, once again, if you're enjoying our podcast, please feel free to rate us, you know, write a little review if you're so inclined. Share it with your friends. Yeah. Subscribe, you know, all that stuff. Follow us on Instagram. We're at Hobbits at Heart podcast on Mm -hmm. Instagram. Oh, and especially check us out on Instagram if you would like to see the Lemba spread that we tried today. Yes. And it's really beautiful. You want to see it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Lindsay. You're welcome. All right. Well, Thank you again, everyone, for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.